I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Healy's away. Australia are away. Sit back and enjoy the strike play of Meg Lanny. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat-trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth T20 World Cup title in front of a magical crowd at the MCG. Welcome back to The Scoop. We are the cricket podcast dedicated to the women's game. Now we've got a really exciting lineup for today's episode as we look ahead to the first weekend of WBBL, which starts on Sunday, the 25th of October. We sure do. Today we have one of the biggest names in Aussie cricket joining us. We're chatting to Beth Mooney, who made headlines earlier this year for her defection from the Brisbane Heat to the Perth Scorchers. And we've also got Kristen Beams joining us a little bit later on as we delve into the weekend's matches, which is a very exciting prospect. Now, before we get to Beth, let's quickly cover off the big talking points leading into the WBBL season, shall we? Yes, we shall. All of the teams are arriving into the WBBL village this week here at Sydney Olympic Park. We were lucky enough to have a chance to check it out after being released from quarantine with the Victorian players. And it's pretty awesome, isn't it, Em? It sure is a pretty awesome setup here in the WBBL Village. So there's an ex-golf room, which is sure to be very exciting for the players. And I'm sure we'll get a workout. There's basketball rings set up everywhere. There's ping pong tables. Rebel have set up a rec room. So the players will have heaps of activities to fill their time outside their cricket. There's a barista, so we can all walk up and get a coffee whenever we feel like. Plenty of space to walk around, have a wander around and enjoy everyone's company in the in the village. And now onto the cricket. So there was a bit of a question mark over Elise Perry's fitness for the opening rounds of WBBL after we saw she was ruled out of the international series against the Kiwis. But from all reports, Perry is tracking pretty well and even had a run around in a warm-up against the Thunder. Yeah, this is massive after... Uh... Pez's long absence. She bowled three overs, taking one for 16. Erin Burns hit a handy 40 from 25, but it was actually the Thunder who came away with the win. Uh, Rachel Haynes hitting a 44 not out and Hannah Darlington, Lauren Smith, the new recruit, and Rachel Treneman taking two wickets each. And now we've got a real Sydney derby to look forward to this weekend, but in a bit more injury news, looking good for Susie Bates, but Leah Tahuhu could be in a bit of strife, couldn't she, LJ? Yeah, so um, I had a chat to Susie last week and she confirmed that she is on track to play this weekend, but 
there's a fair chance she'll only be playing as a batter. She needs a bit more time to get some bowling loads back into that shoulder. But, yeah, the news is not so good for the Renegades right now. Their coach, Lockie Stevens, said that uh, Leah's side strain is still a bit of a concern. We know fast bowlers, any sort of side strain can be a tricky one to manage. So they're currently not sure when she'll be playing this season, but hopefully we do see her pretty soon. And up in Queensland, a few of the Brisbane Heat girls have been playing some premier cricket before they get into their WBBL action. So Delisa Kimmins was very impressive over the weekend. So she was playing for Gold Coast and took three for seven from her four overs before hitting a 24-ball half-century to win the game. So that's very good signs for the Heat before they take on the Scorchers in the first round of the WBBL. And what else is on the agenda this week for the players, LJ? It's going to be a pretty massive week. They're all arriving into the village. There's going to be practice matches, which for a lot of the teams, particularly the Victorians, is going to be their first centre-wicket hit-out for the year, which is massive. Lots of training sessions and a fair bit of our media stuff too. Yeah, we are certainly pumped and hope you are as well. And just a quick reminder that if you are not already following cricket.com.au and WBBL on social media, you should go and do that at once. So you make sure you get all the updates from us here in the village and on the ground. Now, we are absolutely pumped to have one of the biggest names in Aussie cricket with us today, Perth Scorchers recruit and the top-ranked T20 batter in the world, Beth Mooney. Moons, welcome to The Scoop. Thanks for having me. Now, we're about to enter the sixth edition of the tournament, but the first thing we're going to do today is go back in time. What do you remember of your first ever WBBL match? Um, We were playing the Melbourne Stars at Junction Oval. One of my good mates, Courtney Hill, was actually coming back from injury and she took the first ever wicket in Big Bash history caught behind by me. Wow, We lost the game, but I remember that, that part. So Ash Barty was playing? Ash Barty was playing. She scored a few runs with her grey nickels. Meg was playing for the Stars, so the return of Meg's happening this year for them. And yeah, the heat weren't very good. That certainly changed. Um, how has the tournament evolved over the six years in your eyes? Great question, LJ. I think, I think the standard has just gotten so much better. We've got some very elite internationals playing in the comp, but domestically all the players have improved out of sight as well as the Australian women's team. So just the quality and the depth of the competition has made it, you know, a, a pretty exciting brand of sport to watch. So to be a part of it and see the evolution of that has been really cool. And the games have been really close. I think one of the comments that always get has been made to me in the last couple of years has been how much everyone really loves watching the WBBL over the BBL because our games are always coming down to the, the last and the second to last over. So I think in terms of a product, when you've got sort of 50 out of 59 games happening that are, are pretty tightly contested, um, you know, we're, we're onto something pretty special. So that's probably what I'd say. Nice. And yeah, as we all know, heading into this sixth edition of the tournament, it's not going to be possibly what we were expecting last year. Everyone heading into a WBBL village in Sydney for the season. Now, our first question is, has Ruby come to grips with you leaving? No, um, I'm just having a little moment. She's outside, so we're having a bit of separation time. So she gets a little bit used to me not being here. But um, thankfully, she's a pretty easy dog. So um, I, I never get too concerned anymore when I leave her apart. I think it's more me that, that gets upset than her because she gets looked after pretty well when I'm not home. And unfortunately for you and for us, because we would love to have dogs in the hub, <laughs> you can't bring her with you. Is there any other must-have item, comfort item or anything that you're bringing along into the hub? Um, I don't really have 
material possessions that I love too much. I'm that sort of idiot on tour, especially in the Australian team that takes six or seven books with me and refuse to get a Kindle. So I'll be lugging around a few books, I think, um, for all our our spare time in the hub. Other than that, I think it'll just be really cool to to have all the teams there and to be able to hang out with different people here and there and and go for walks and things like that. So um, I actually think it'll... It'll be a great tournament in terms of having everyone really close together and um, hopefully the, the standard of cricket keeps evolving as well. Yeah, nice. And what's on your reading list for the season? Um, I'm reading The Happiest Man Alive by Eddie Jaku, which apparently has got rave reviews. And then I've got a couple, couple of decent ones as well that I've um, picked up along the way. So I'm sure there'll be, you know, a few nerds in the hub that will want to sort of swap books and and if anyone out there does want to do that then um i'll have a have a stash that i'll get paid out for probably what's your book genre of choice i sort of flip between um you know biography and fiction so don't like to keep them too serious i like to have a um, bit of fiction in amongst it as well to you know take me into another world for a little bit instead of stressing about the real world here and there and do you have any recommendations for us that you've read uh, during this year? Um, during this year, I haven't. I haven't actually read too much. Um, well, you put me on the spot here. I think, you know, in the in the last little bit, uh, I read the Resilience Project by Hugh Kallenberg, which was very good. Very good. Highly recommend that. Um, read the Truth About the Harry Kaber Affair, which is a fiction. It's also a TV series on stands. So that will be probably another another thing for people in hub life. Um, great TV show. Got Patrick Dempsey in it. Everyone loves Patrick. Dempsey so um get yourself involved in that and um yeah that's pretty much all all I've had in the last little bit I've been been enjoying being out in the Brisbane sun to be honest yeah it's fair enough and a bit of McDreamy (laughs) yeah (laughs) love it and um moving on to the cricket some big headlines a couple of months ago with your move to the Scorchers being announced are you getting used to training in orange now fortunately or unfortunately whatever way you want to look at it I actually haven't this is the second time I've put this shirt on. So um, I haven't really worn the orange too much. Um, there's a sort of hybrid crew of us up here in Brisbane who can't get to their franchise training together and we sort of roll in in our casual clothes, which has been nice. I had a couple of comments today about my orange helmet, but thankfully I didn't have to see that myself. It was just everyone else having to look at it. Um, but, yeah, and managed to, to put the playing uniform on for a bit of content a couple of weeks ago, which I'm glad I've at least put it on my once before I roll out there on October 26th and um, play in all Sydney. So. And you've spent the past yeah, week or so in Brizzy training alongside that hybrid crew you mentioned. Sophie Devine is in there, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, Sophie, Sophie. Nice. How's it been going with her? Um, look, I'll, I'll be honest, I've been throwing a few balls at her and I'm a little bit frightened for my life um, <laughs> at the other end. So I was joking to a few of the girls that I might have to stand it extra cover when I'm running between wickets at her to, to make sure I don't get hit when she hits the ball straight back at the bowler. So uh, it's been good. It's been nice to obviously have Shelly Nishki in Brisbane as well. And, um, you know, we've got Gemma Busby here and Sam Betts. So it's a bit of a um, Perth crew here, which has been nice. And then um, a couple of the Renegades girls as well. So um, it's been really nice to, to train with different people and um, pick their brains and, and things like that. And I'm sure once we, we all get down to Sydney, 
um, there'll be a lot more of that happening as well. Yeah, fun. And so batting with Soph or just yeah, training with her in the nets, is there anything new that you found out about her that you didn't know previously? Uh, not really. I'm, I'm a bit, bit quiet. Not, not many words come out of my mouth at training. So um, I might just watch for a little bit and then ask some questions and, and see how she's going before I come in too hot and, and try and pick her brains too much. But I'm sure I'll get my nerd on eventually and um, have a crack at her. And can you just talk us through your decision to leave the heat? Was that a tough one? And what, what did the Scorchers offer that um, enticed you over there? Uh, um, well, they offered me something, which was good. I think I was pretty blessed as well in terms of um, getting offers from a few different clubs around the country. And, um, you know, that was one of the, the most disappointing things was ringing some coaches that I really respect and rate and some clubs all across the country that I um, think very highly of and, and disappoint them and, and tell them I'd chosen somewhere else. So um, in terms of that, the, the decision to, to ring those clubs was pretty tough um and those coaches so that was first and foremost a pretty difficult one um second I think at the moment with in terms of the WBBL there's been a lot of play and movement in the last few years so it's it's not uncommon for for people to be moving around and and trying different things and um for me it was about having an impact on a on a different team and and working with Shell and um, you know, playing alongside Sophie Devine and, and under her leadership, I think, um, you know, an opportunity like that isn't something that you can, that comes around too often. And I feel pretty lucky and, and privileged and grateful to have been in a position where teams around the country wanted me to play for them. So, um, yeah, I guess in a nutshell, that's, that's why I'm wearing orange this year. Yeah. And you mentioned the opportunity to work with Shell. What is it about um, the way she approaches the game that connects you so well with her and why she's such a well-respected figure within Australian cricket? I think just that. I think she's just really well-respected and, um, you know, she's an undisputed legend of Australian cricket. I think in terms of her capacity to get the best out of people, she knows exactly what to do and how to treat them and speak to them. And um, she treats people like humans too. So um, she only lives sort of a kilometre up the road from me here in Brisbane. Um, she's actually moving house tomorrow, so she'll be a bit further away. I'm not sure if that's a sign or not, but um, yeah, she, she's definitely one of the one of the good ones going around. And as I said, she's highly regarded as a human being too. So, um, you know, that was one of the things I wanted to to do was, was play under someone like that. And um, I'm sure most people that are playing for Perth and everyone else around the country would say the same about Shell. And uh, when the, the fixture was released, was one of the first things you did look up and see when you'd be playing the heat? Yeah, I did actually. I was like, oh, it's all right. We're not playing them till sort of later on in the season. And then, you know, that's obviously changed. But I think um, at the same time, it's it's just sort of a new thing for me to be looking at the draw and, and looking up Perth's games and not Brisbane's games. So there was also that, I think, at the same time again. Um, once you sign up to a team, you it doesn't matter who you come up against and um a, a lot has changed in that Brisbane heat side so it'll just be like playing another team for me I think I think Gemma said last year there's a bit of banter going on when she came up against the heat are you expecting to be the same neck on Saturday for that first match <laughs> um well per- we stole Brisbane heat's best sledger last year in Gemma Barsby so I'm sure they won't say too much there'll be a few probably 
opinions flying around here and there. I've already heard some of them. So I'm sure they'll keep them to themselves once we get on the park because at the end of the day, your cricket does all the talking and um, I guess everyone's just really interested to see what happens in the competition this year with all the movement that's gone on. It'll be really close and, um, you know, as I said, Brisbane Heat's a very different side. So um, that first game will probably tell us all a few things about how the competition will pan out. Yeah, definitely an exciting prospect for all our fans. And uh, back to uh, the Aussies International Series against New Zealand, how did you feel about your own form in that series? Yeah, I think um, cricket's a pretty funny game. You you always want to be contributing a lot more if you, you don't score too many runs. But at the same time, I felt like I was hitting the ball really well and I'm probably not executing my plan as well as I had done in the past, which, you know, I'm pretty lucky in the Australian team because if, you know, if, if one or two people don't come off, come off, we're really blessed that we have the the talent and the depth that we do. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm highly regarded in that team by the coaching staff. So I know that they value my capacity to contribute. And um, yeah, I've, I felt like I was hitting the ball well. I just got myself into not great positions and situations and didn't execute. But um, I've got a couple of weeks to sort that out before game one of WBBL 06. And your last summer was just incredible. 700 plus runs in WBBL into player of the tournament in the World Cup. What does it take to find that sort of consistency? Um, I think just belief that I can do it now. Um, if you look at last season, that's probably, you know, the best one I'll, I've ever had and, and hopefully I can replicate that again. But I think it's just belief in the process and consistency that I can achieve. And, and for me, it just comes down to wanting to contribute um, as much as I can to the success of whatever team I play for. And for me this year, that's the Perth Scorchers. And I'm really looking forward to running out there and, and playing with a bit of freedom and um, enjoying my cricket under what's going to be um, a really well-led team. And you're obviously the number one T20 batter in the world, but do you still think there are areas of your game that you can improve on? Oh, definitely. I think, um, you know, you can always be better and the, yeah, ICC do those rankings, so I'm not sure how accurate they are at times. But, um, yeah, I think in terms of where the women's game is heading, if you're not evolving your game, you'll, you'll fall behind pretty quickly. So, for me, it's about um, being able to adapt as quickly as I can and read the situations really well and be really precise with my decision-making and, and things like that. I feel like my game's in in a pretty good spot in terms of where I hit the ball and how I get it there and what positions I get in to get it there. So I'm not too concerned about that side of it, more about making sure I take people along for the ride with me and help them learn about the game as well as um, for my own for my own game, being able to adapt and, and change the momentum of the game pretty quickly. And as we've discussed, it is a, a new look top order and a bit of a new look side at the Scorchers. Are you expecting to open the batting with Sophie Devine? Have any of those chats been had yet? Um, we haven't really discussed anything in terms of, you know, we haven't all sat down as a group. We've had a couple of Zooms, but, um, yeah, I think it'll be Sophie and I at the top of the order, which will be really exciting. Um, uh, the one thing that excites me about the Perth Scorchers is the balance and the depth that we've got within our batting order and, you know, even someone like Sarah Glenn, who just won um, player of the series against the West Indies, whacked a few batting six and seven for England. So she'll be really a really handy sort of all-rounder for us and, and hopefully take the game on again. Um, and then we've got the likes of uh, Nicole Bolton and Heather Graham, who've both been a part of the Australian setup, as well as Amy Jones. So 
um, we're, we're really lucky in terms of the balance of the side that we have and um, hopefully that holds us in good stead leading into the tournament. And yeah, you mentioned Amy Jones. Um, will it be you taking the gloves this season or Amy? Um, that hasn't been discussed yet. I think um, first and foremost, we'll all get ourselves down to down to Sydney on Monday. I know Amy and Sarah have been in quarantine pretty hard for the last couple of weeks. So um, Shell's been pretty pretty good in the last few weeks in making sure that everyone's across what their role is and things like that. But that's obviously a discussion that will get had once we all get together and um, we're really mindful of being respectful of everyone's position. Obviously, Amy has had the gloves for Perth for the last couple of years and done a really great job. I think she's uh, one of the best wicket keepers in the world. So I, I rate her above my own keeping. So um, obviously something I'd like to do, but yeah, the discussion hasn't been had yet. Fair enough. And the batting is obviously absolutely stacked. Does the, does the bowling attack... Do you see them equally strong or how's the balance in that bowling attack? Yeah, I think you've nailed that again. I think the the balance in the bowling attack um, is exciting as well. I think there was a lot of chat within the competition, especially last year around the purse scorches in terms of not having potentially the the spin bowling threat, but Nicole Bolton probably flies under the radar with her spin bowling. I, I rate her pretty highly in, in, in the power play. She ties batters down and takes wickets. And then I mentioned before Sarah Glenn, she's been a real fine for England in the last 12 months and bowled exceptionally well over here last year during the World Cup and, and the Tri-Series. So um, for our spin bowling, we're, we're pretty well covered. Gemma Barsby as well is obviously there. I've played a lot of cricket with her throughout my career. So um, to see her evolve her game and, and hopefully take a few polls for Perth will be really exciting. And then, you know, all the bowlers have pretty much played Australia A cricket. You've got Piper Cleary and Tennille Peschel and um, Heather Graham as well. So I think I feel like the balance is pretty good. And then Sophie Devine's just going to hopefully do some more Sophie Devine things and, and take some polls for us as well. So, um, yeah, I think in terms of the list that Shell's created, um, we're, we're really lucky to be in the position we are to have so many versatile players and so many different players who can have an impact on the game in different ways. Nice. Yeah, it's certainly going to be an exciting season for the Scorchers. Now, Beth, we've just got some fan questions that have come in from some avid listeners of The Scoop. So first up, we've got Tony, who would like to know who you are most looking forward to playing with at The Scorchers. Who I'm most looking forward to playing with at The Scorchers? Um, yeah. Probably Bolts. I've, I've really enjoyed playing my career with Bolts um, in the Australian team. We opened the batting at the One Day World Cup and had a pretty great time doing that. So um, to be back playing cricket with her, she's <laughs> bloody passionate about the game and a real competitor. So um, it would be nice to be on her side again. And we've got a question from Caitlin who wants to know what your favourite sport is outside of cricket. What my favourite sport is outside of cricket? Uh, I don't mind a bit of AFL. Um, I don't know if cycling counts, but I've been getting my anime on so um if you see me rolling around brisbane in my lycra probably don't look look too hard because it's not a pretty look um so yeah I've, i like to get out, out and about and cycle a bit too nice and one from sam who wants to know if you've got any pre-game superstitions or rituals uh yeah i'm pretty pretty ocd and extreme with my superstitions i not sure how i'll go in the hub life having avo toast for breakfast on the day of a game but we'll see what happens like to have a bit of gelato the night before a game as well so there's a couple of spanners in the works already and I'm getting sweaty palms thinking about it, but hopefully it'll be okay once we get down there. We can confirm there is Avo. We have that every morning. <laughs> no shortage. 
There's an absolute yeah. abundance of avocado in this hub. So don't stress. A question from Tasha. You said, with the progression of the women's game, what do you see as being the next big milestone? Oh, that's tough. Good question. Um, I think moving towards professional contracts for our domestic players at the moment, it's at a bit of a fine line in terms of, you know, they're getting remunerated quite well, but um, it's probably not enough to live off comfortably. So um, the expectations from clubs and state associations has sort of doubled, but um, there's still a sort of bit of disparity in terms of what the expectation is and how much time they can actually commit, which means, um, you know, as the Australian team, we, we can evolve our game pretty quickly because it's a full-time gig for us, but um, domestically it's it's a lot tougher on them and um, they have to sort of do uni and, you know, go to work and basically earn a living away from cricket as well. So I think that will be the next big move. And then also hopefully in the next sort of 12 to 18 months, a fully-fledged IPL I think will um do wonderful things for the women's game. India is obviously a powerhouse in world cricket and um, to get an IPL up and running similarly to the men will be really exciting and, and hopefully something a lot of the Australian players can be a part of moving forward. Nice. And one final question from a girl called Maitland who wants to know your thoughts post thrashing in table tennis. Maitland Brown. Unbelievable. <laughs> Let me tell you the story about when she lost 21-8 to me, obviously. Um, she's, um, I'm coming for you, Maitland, in the hub. I'm coming for you. That's all I need to say. Cool. We'll set it up. That's it. Thank you so much for joining us, Moons. We wish you, you and the Scorchers all the very best for the WBBL and we can't wait to watch you in action. No worries. Thanks for having me. Now, we are so close to having WBBL back on our screens and back once again with her crystal ball is Kristen Beams to help us look ahead to an exciting weekend of cricket. Welcome, Beamsy. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Good to be back. Now, we're certainly not easing into the tournament. We've got four super exciting matches lined up for Sunday. So we've got two derbies, but perhaps the most exciting prospect is the Heat v Scorchers match where we'll see Scorchers recruit Beth Mooney taking on her old team. How do you think Beth would be feeling about this matchup? Do you think she'd be preparing for a few words to be flying around on the park this weekend? Oh, I love a rival game. I love it when people change teams and there's, there's, I think there's a lot of perceived niggle, but in the end, at the end of the day, I don't think the players think too much about it. I think I think for someone like Beth, she'll just be thinking about, you know what, the best thing I can do is actually just put runs on the board. And that's that's a great way to sort of start off your new campaign in a new franchise. Um, but similarly, I, I would like to think that if the Heat do get her out fairly cheaply, they, they might just have a quiet whisper as she walks off. So much has been said about the strength of the Scorchers batting lineup with Mooney, Sophie Devine, Amy Jones, Nicole Bolton. But the Heat have one of the best bowling attacks in the comp, led by Jess Jonathan, Dulce Kamint, Samilia Kerr. Are you as excited as we are about this matchup? Yeah, I think it's going to be all about early wickets for the Heat and none better than Jess Jonathan. I mean, a record speaks for itself. But going head-to-head with that top order, I think it's going to be a great clash. And I'd also like to see Amelia Kerr potentially bowling in that power play as well. I think she has the ability to break the game open. I think that wrong and is so, so good. So 
I'd like to see her potentially exposed to, to that power play just to see if they can't, if they know if they get through with a couple of early wickets, they're really going to set themselves up for success the heat. And that's sort of going to be the key for me. Who do you think comes into this matchup with the upper edge? I think probably the Scorchers, but I feel like that's a bit of an emotional one. For I think everyone just sort of looks at the Scorchers and says, oh my goodness, you recruit Mooney and Divine, you know, uh, you know, are they unbeatable? So I think we're probably all thinking for that reason, the Scorchers. But at the same time, I think the Heat will be very happy to go in as potentially the underdogs to that clash. And they've got some really good role performances and no one better than Delisa Kimmets. And I'd expect her to play a really key role for the Heat in this game. Do you think that might be an unusual thing for the Heat, two-time defending champions? then to be perhaps classed as underdogs? I reckon they'd be really happy about it because there's always been this talk about how good they've been. And, you know, they've got so much firepower in, in their middle order that it's, it's really easy to, to sort of consider them favourites most of the time. But sometimes I feel like that can be a little bit of a handbrake in T20 when everyone's just assuming you're going to win every game. So I think it might be a nice shift for them. And the, the big thing is probably going to be how the Scorchers handled the, the tag of probably being the, the team to beat already and the tournament hasn't even started. And what do you reckon the, um, the Heat will have to do to potentially score an upset against the Scorchers? Oh, it's probably going to be the firepower in the middle order for me. So it's going to be the Harris sisters, Amelia Kerr and Jess Jonathan in that middle order. I think they're going to have to fire from that point of view. I think the Scorchers will try and do it up top with their batting lineup, but I think that the Heat will try and do it with that middle order and it means they can chase down any total. When you think about someone like Grace Harris and Laura Harris in that middle order, you know, there's there's never enough runs, I think, when you try to set a total against those guys. Yeah, it's going to be epic viewing. And on to the always exciting Sydney derby. Looks like Elise Perry is poised to return in magenta. And we've got a new look Thunder team to look forward to. So England superstars Heather Knight and Tammy Beaumont in green, Sammy Joe Johnson, but do you think it's fair to say that the Sixers will come in as favourites at North Sydney Oval? I think they're very settled as a lineup, and they've been consistently good for such a long period of time. But I think they do go in as the favourites. I think it's I think like everyone, I'm really excited that Elise Perry's back playing cricket. Um, I've certainly missed seeing her in the in the green and gold or black or whatever colour they're wearing. So I think she's going to play a really key role just by coming back into the lineup. I think she gives the team so much confidence. Um, so I think the six is a favourite, but the Thunder have a new look team. I think anything is possible when all of a sudden you add all these new players into the mix. And I'm really excited to see what Sammy Joe Johnson's going to do. Um, it's a big shift. She's been very open about wanting to play cricket for Australia. And she's got no bigger task than coming head to head with the Sixers in her first game. Last year, we saw the Sixers had a few batting wobbles exposed. You know, in one game, they make none for 199, but then they also got bowled out for under 100 on several occasions. What do you think? Who do you think at the Thunder could expose that and, and maybe trigger another collapse? Well, it's all about the pace, you me. I think to someone like Ishmael, um, just with that out and out pace. So I think with her alongside Sammy Joe Johnson, I think if they can take early wickets, they're going to put some pressure on a middle order that consistently over the duration of the, the whole WBBL haven't really been exposed too much. Um, so I think it's going to be about early wickets and I think it's going to be about the paces if the Thunder are really going to get into the middle order at sixes. Onto the Melbourne Derby. I bet you're pretty keen, Beamsy, to see your Melbourne Stars girls back in action after a bit of a list shake-up. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing Meg Lanning back in the green. I think um, it's it's been a long time coming. Uh, we've waited patiently for, for three years to, to see her back in Melbourne. So I'm really excited to see what she can do and, and leading the side. And 
it's no doubt that they have a, a much better batting lineup. I think they've added uh, a lot of strength to that, even with someone like a Catherine Brunt, who's a genuine all-rounder internationally these days. But the, probably the, the key for the Renegades is going to be that they have three of the best, if not the three best spinners in the competition in Molyneux, Wareham and Strano. And I think that's going to probably be the key to it is can they get into the top order of the Stars um, in this power play and take plenty of wickets. We know both the Melbourne teams have had the toughest lead into the tournament. A lot of their players were subject to Melbourne lockdown for months. Then they've come into quarantine here in Sydney. Have you spoken to any of your old Vic teammates about how they're feeling and how they're feeling in terms of preparation for the tournament? Well, Elise Villani told me she couldn't feel any healthier given that she's had seven COVID tests um, in the last uh, three or so weeks. So it's been a really different lead in for those girls but I think the thing that they're going to take a lot of teams by surprise is that they're hungry to play more so than anyone else coming into this tournament you know we talked about the the mindset leading in you have a mindset of oh my goodness this is a hub this is going to be a long seven weeks or do you come in with a really positive attitude of how good this is I think for every Melbourne based player they're coming into this tournament with how good is lifestyle in the hub this is a big shift to what they've already had and they're hungry to play. And I don't think the lack of preparation will play any role for any of these Melbourne girls. I think the, they'll probably be better for the break. And look out, because they're going to be hungry and they're going to be competitive. And I'd expect them all to be really fired up, which is going to make this clash even better. And do you think after the Melbourne Stars, they've had a bit of a list shake up, Meg Lanning's back, some international superstars are in green. Do you think they will come in expecting themselves to win and putting that sort of expectation on themselves? I think they should. Um, And the stars have talked about for a long time is really kind of shifting from that sort of, okay, everyone's playing a role and we're trying to build this list together to actually being about performance and they should be expecting to, to win this game. And I think the addition of the new players is probably going to take some pressure off some of the other players. So I'd expect players like Elise Villani to do well in this game Erin Osborne, Alana King, who have probably traditionally had to play very key roles and probably carry a lot of the performance side on their shoulders. And all of a sudden you add in Siva, Brunt, Lanning, and it's going to be much easier for them. So I think they'll play with a little bit more flow and a little bit more freedom. And I think we're all looking forward to seeing that. Love it. And if you had to single out one of the matches this weekend that you're going to be just glued to glued to the TV, which one is it? Oh, well, my heart says the the Renegades and the Stars, but I actually, I love watching the the Sydney Derby. So I'm really looking forward to seeing the the Sixers and the Thunder. And I think that game is actually going to go right down to the wire. And I think when they have a good clash, it just sets up the, the whole tournament. And hopefully we see a lot of close games. I think two teams that have been really hard to get a gauge on have been the Strikers and the Hurricanes. Um, one losing Sophie Devine. They were the runners up, but that's a huge loss. Hurricanes are a New York side. How do you see that match shaping up? Yeah, I think it'll be a really interesting game. I think the the Canes have actually got plenty of firepower, which I think they've lacked so far in the WBBL. So now that they've got Tryon, Priest, Stallenberg, all of a sudden they they potentially could post some really big totals and I think that's something they've not really traditionally been able to do and from a striker's point of view I think everyone keeps talking about the the loss of Sophie Devine we know that Susie Bates is potentially under a bit of an injury cloud but I think it's all about that middle order that didn't have much opportunity when Sophie Devine was firing so it's the likes of Patterson, McGrath, Stefani Taylor comes into this team probably a few games in but 
I think that middle order actually has a great opportunity to, to really set themselves as a leading middle order in this competition. So I think it's going to be more about the middle order for, for the strikers, whereas the Canes are probably looking up top from a runs point of view and, you know, from a bowling point of view. Bakariwa, could she have another great year? Um, she's been so good uh, for so long. And I think from, you know, a striker's point of view, there's no one better from a bowling point of view than Megan Shute. And she swings a lot of games in the, in the striker's favour. Beamsy, pleasure as always to have you on. Can't wait to catch up next week where we'll have a full weekend of WBBL to reflect on. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me and go Stars. Healy's away. Australia away. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat-trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth. T20 World Cup title in front of a magical crowd at the MCG. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.